0: Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza. It's that pizzeria that makes you really smile. And if you've had it, if you have it in your mouth, you just know you're really going to fall in love with yourself. Gray Block Pizza. Get that hitter. What's up, you little drastic rascals, huh? What's going on with you? You little November Timbers. Timbers. It's time to chop down all the bullshit and fall into the end of the year. You got me? The holidays are coming. You can hear Santa on the out there. Listen outside your window. What is that? What do you think it is, huh? You think that's a couple homeless fighting over a, um, a Dura log? Nope. One of them Dura flame logs like I heard in Cleveland? Nope. Listen outside your window. Put your ear up to the ground. What is that, a horse hoof? Nope, that's a deer. It's time, baby. The holidays are zooming toward us, toward uh, toward us, like a meteorite. That's right, baby, like a meteorite, like a meteor wrong. Wouldn't that be crazy if they had a meteor wrong and it's like, uh, it's like, oh hey, I just, thought I, I'm supposed to be a meteorite, but uh, you know, I messed up. Or he, like, doesn't do well on his tests or whatever, but on, like, his space tests. Anyway, um, speaking of space, let's get into it with this man uh, right here. Welcome to This Past Weekend. A little bit of Stevie Starlight. Why must we wait when we're alive? Stevie hits it on the head. He hits it on the head right there. And he, is the, he puts the hammer on the head, dude. He's that bull in your skull right there. He really, it's just that farm animal that runs right into your brain with that fact. That skull bull. He said, hey, why must we wait when we're alive? Happy November or brovember, vember whatever it is I, it, there's too many it's like oh it's hovember. some girls like oh i'm you know i'm doing sex with everyone this time I'm like what what are you talking about mom you know or somebody's like oh yeah dude it's crow vember you know i'm only um buying a couple of uh buzzards you know i'm getting i'm buying a crow from the pet shop you ain't doing shit bro and they're like yeah i'm doing it for like leprosy or some kind of you know, there's just too many things now. It's like, oh, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, um, it's fro-vember. And I'm going to grow out my, you know, I'm going to grow out my fro or I'm going to grow out my leg. Or, you know, if you're white, you only can do a fro around your, pe- around your wiener, around your kind of thighs or something. Or a lot of men get that rear butt fro at at the baseline of each butt cheek they'll have a a strong real isthmus of hair right there and you could because sometimes you'll see a man at the gym or something and I don't see a lot of those men because I don't look at them but every now and then you know my phone will run out of uh, power and so I'll have to look at other stuff in the gym and you'll see a man in there whose backside is all wet and he have a lot of it almost looks like his butt looks like two closed eyes in the there's a ton of hair right there at the bottom. Look like um, you know, like eyelashes, because I, you know, almost coming off of like like the closed eyes of, you know his, you know his butt cheeks. Each one look like a closed eye of his butt cheeks. And you see, they got a lot of hair right there on a man sometimes. But it's interesting that that, uh, yeah, but yeah, they just got too many um. Too many different things. It's Movember. You can't shave your buddy. You can't do this. You got a mustache. You know, uh, it, there's just too many of them. I can't name them right now for some reason, but uh, but there's just too many different, and it's always for something. You know, it's like, oh, we're um, you know, we're not going to open our eyes. It's like it's dark Vember. You know, and for two weeks, we're not going to open our eyes. And we're raising money for, um, you know, for blind people or something. You're like, "Uh, I'm not doing all of that shit. You know, I got to ride my bike to work. I'm not doing it with my eyes closed. So you can eat a can can of straight up street side ass meat if you're thinking about that. But what's happening? Yeah, it's November. We're getting into it. We're getting into it. It's never too late to come over. It's never too late. A real beauty about life, you get these, you know, they, you just get the, the next day comes around and you get that fresh opportunity. You know, it's like the powers that be the existence, you know, it's like, uh, life just every day opens up that fresh can of hot fish right there for you. Say, here you go again. Speaking of fish, I was um I did Halloween. I went to a get together and I had a you know, I ended up going with like a newsy costume. I did it last year, like a newspaper boy. Dude, think about newspaper boys. Like it used to be when I was young, somebody had a paper route. You'd see some little kid, you know, somebody, this guy, you know, fat Samuel. Somebody, little Daniel out there smoking a cigarette. And uh and, and and you'd get a paper route and somebody would ride their bike in the morning and throw papers out. And my mother used to do my mother used to deliver uh newspapers and magazines and still does some, but this was, you know, she was real regular at it. And but they'd have children would do it. And it was even before my time where you would hear a lot of children would Get out and do a paper route. Think about that. You're 11 years old. It's 5.30 in the morning. You out there slinging the sports section at somebody. Nowadays, you can't get one of these little assholes to freaking make, you know, to make his own, to make a a salad for himself. Dude, you could lock a kid in a cage with a whole thing of salad mix with, some, with a bag of spring mix and a... You know, in a hat full of um, peppercorns and whatever, uh, black olives, and he would fuck it up. I mean, these kids, I don't know. I don't even know. Some of them are more like animals, more, you know, I bet they would test. If you tested them, they would test more as animals, some of them, some of the youth. But anyway, speaking of fish, so I'm out there. I go to... The traffic was so bad on Sunset Boulevard that I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Um, I stopped by the comedy store. Uh, this, and I'm leaving. And traffic was so bad. It was just going nowhere. And, you know, just groups of people walking by, costumes. So two of my buddies were on the street corner by the Viper Room. And so I pull off there on Sunset. I park. And we walked down to Santa Monica Boulevard, and that's where it's real, I mean, it gets real homoerotic down there. And it's really a, it's kind of like the Mississippi River for, like, gay men, but it's not a river. It's just a street. And so they got, you know, everybody's just popping and locking and... And they have, uh, but during Halloween, it's a big festival. It's a big, like everybody's, all types of people are out there, costumes, everybody, and it's, and everybody's welcome and stuff. It's just, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of, um, it's more, it's more like, uh, they block off the street block party, so they block the street off, and then I. So I'm walking with two of my buddies. We're going to go maybe uh, walk into a bar. They're meeting some ladies over at a, at a spot. Dude, we get probably half a block down the boulevard. And they got a young fellow over there dressed as... um. And this guy might have been kind of like maybe Filipino or maybe light Mexican. Or he could have been actually... You know, we had a group of people growing by us, the Swansons, and they lived by like a real smoky area. And so they weren't, they were white, but they was real smoked. So if you didn't think they were, and sometimes people would, you know, lob a little, lob a couple, a couple little slurs at them, you know, and they'd just be like, oh, no, it's just smoke. You know, we got just some smoke on us. But, um, but this boy. Had dressed up like um, Ariel, you know, from um, not like the Ariel Nation or whatever, but like the Ariel, that water ginger, bro. You know, what I'm talking about Ariel from Little Mermaids. So this guy was a mermaid, this little guy. And he was kind of, he looked more like a trout to me. I think he was a little bit more. He was kind of Rubenesque. But his buddies, I guess some friends have been carrying him, and they got pissed at him and set him down. So this dude's just screaming. He's just yelling for somebody named Jesse to come back and pick him up. And that was just one of the most traumatic things I've ever seen. And I'm that catch and release guy. If it ain't season, you know, I don't know how many mermaids you're allowed to keep. But I said, damn, they got to throw this boy back, man, because they just laid this young buck right out there. And this dude was just floundering. And you could tell, and he was, at that point, he was kind of, he would reach at men's legs when they walked by. Like, he was just looking for any man to just put him in his little, in his boat. And he just, you know, he was just, like, finding hemo. Like, he was just just looking for any he that uh, that would be around, but... That was probably the most craziest thing really that I saw was just a man that was abandoned that had dressed up like um like ariel uh from the damn whatever little mermaids but that's it. that's what happened. uh what else did I do? Did I do anything real crazy? um I watched the fights, I watched the fights, man. And I thought, dude, I watched the till Gastelum fight. I couldn't believe that they didn't really fight. I was like, what's going on? It's almost like they'd signed a treaty or something before the fight and didn't tell anybody. And Darren Till, if you look at him, he looks like the mask from Scream, if you notice that. When you see him just facially. He's starting to really look like the Scream mask. He looks like a piece of like Vincent Van Gogh art. If you look at him. Um... But, I, you know, I respect a guy. I think it's really hard to probably go to another country and live there. I, I don't know. I think Darren Till lives here and fight or just to go to another country and fight. Like, just to – just that, that just seems real intense to me. Um, but I was hoping that Gastelum would win that one. I just didn't – I didn't understand why they didn't get into it. Um, what else, man? We got a lot of other stuff. I'm going to actually – we'll have Nick come in because he likes to talk about the fights. Uh and then I'll get into some other things. We'll and we'll go over a little bit of news and then I'll get into some into some questions. But it's you know what this is a this is a special time of year when we have you know, when it is you can kind of recalibrate, I think, November or Brovember, whatever it is, a time for you to, you know, finally admit your neighbor that you guys are family, you guys are brothers. Um, or to hug a brother, you know, find a black friend and hug it, hug him, tell him you love him, bros, bro November. you know, or, uh, or grow-vember. If you're 11 years old, dude, it's grow-vember and you probably, you might be, you, you could be, you could maybe grow an inch if you try real hard this month. November's, November's just that month that it's just like, come on, come on in. I don't, it doesn't matter what's been happening. Come on in. Because we got the holidays and everybody's welcome, and that's a beautiful thing about November. Um, I'll tell you this: the, the show's almost sold out there in Lafayette, Louisiana, and that is going to be in uh, December 26th at the Heyman Center. And that beautiful thing's almost sold out with proceeds to benefit uh, Dustin Poirier's Good Fight Foundation. And Dustin's going to come out. It's going to be. It's going to be a fun time. And then what else? Oh, I got the shows coming up, you know, in um, Manchester. They still have tickets available for Manchester in January in the UK. And also for Sweden and Stockholm and Norway. Oslo and Stockholm. Uh, I think everything else on the European tour is, uh, is sold out. Uh, December 10th, I'll be in Los Angeles at the, at the, um, at the Wiltern downtown and those tickets are all available online um, at theovon.com slash tour and some new dates we do have some new dates Uh, they're not I'll I'll have to put them on social media this week they got that magic place Toronto is finally going to be on and we're going to get the uh, Maryland and Sayersville and then we're hoping to shoot a comedy special we don't have a buyer for it yet People are always saying, when are you going to do a special? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm always going to be churning new material. I mean, the Dark Arts Tour is different. Half of it's different now than when it started. So it's always going to be, the ball's always going to be rolling. And I think, we'll, you know, we'll get some offers. It's just a matter of, you know, where, you know, is it something that's fair? Uh, and then where do you put it? If not, then you just, you, you get some of the clips and you get it. And you do it on YouTube or put it... I don't know. But, you know, we figure it out. But I think we'll get some options uh, for a special. Because people are always asking me. It's not, it's not up to me. You know, it's not up to me. But nothing's ever really come easy for me in this business. and And I don't intend... I'd almost be silly if I expected it to. So... But uh, what else, man? What else is cracking? My hair's coming in good, you know. I got them. They call me. They call me Buster Plugless, bro, because I got those hairs, those baby. That damn second line, that infantry. I got them reinforcements up top, and some of them they're real little. You can almost see them, just kind of. You can almost touch them a little they're so little man they just you almost don't want to have somebody see you touching them cuz they're just so damn young you know it just seems like you just like you shouldn't be doing it um let's do an ad man we got to do it cuz the holiday rush is coming and if you sell if you sell stuff online you better get ready with ship station and that's true think Think about if you want somebody to get something, you can't email a, you know, a shirt to somebody. You can't email a box of socks or a um, fresh thing of ravioli, fresh made ravioli. You can't email that. You can't email a box of cinnamon, box of, you know, rock cinnamon before they chisel it down and powder it out. But ship station can help. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. Dude, in the old days, you could take something to throw it as far as you could and somebody would, they get it. You know? Especially if they were downhill from you. But times have changed. Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation. If you like, uh, we'll send a lot of our merchandise via ShipStation. If you want to get that new Rat King hitter you want to get that um, we got that get that hitter white t You know, we got that little we got that cartoon Gang Gang header coming out, and ShipStation will do it. No matter where you're selling through Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. Make it easy. You can even do it from your cell phone. So take the hassle out of holiday shopping, let ShipStation handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code THEO, T-H-E-O, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shopping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in THEO. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code T-H-E-O. Make ship happen. And also you know with winter coming. This is a time when a man will. F- I'm to say it. Fuck something. And just that time. You might walk past and see your husband fucking something. You know a shirt or pile. of stack of shirts. Or a thing of wet leaves or something. You know I never trusted a man. Who would fuck a thing of dry leaves. That's always. That's. That's messed up. But if you see somebody just slip sliding into a thing of wet leaves, bro, off by the sidewalk or something, PG, bro. Praise God. But if you love sex or if you even like it, then you'll like Blue Chew. Finally, a little snackable that can get your dick really artsy. Blue Chew offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom. So it used to be, and when I was growing up, you had to wear a cape or something, or you had to jump off the top rope or something and land on a mat. Now times have changed. At bluechew.com, you can get the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Chewables that work faster than pills. You see your buddy, across; he's at the nightclub and he's shoving a uh. One of them Viagras into his, uh, you know, into that bang hole, and into his beehole. hole Not you, buddy. You got Blue Chew. It only takes a few minutes. Go to bluechew.com. An affiliated physician, affiliated physician, that sounds mildly shady, but an affiliated physician, what is that? I mean, that could be somebody that works at the horse track, uh, will get you prescribed online quickly. Doesn't matter. The chewables from bluechew.com are prescribed online by a doctor and made in the USA. They give you confidence in bed every time. Look, you're talking to a guy for years and still, and still will show up to a fuck party with that with a soft boner. That's how, you know, but that's who I am, bruh. You know what I'm saying? They call me fucking soft dick McGillicuddy, bruh. So, and people say, oh, that's not very effective. But you, you know, you give them that soft wiener enough, bruh, then it almost, you know, it's almost the same. Blue Chew give you confidence in bed. You and your partner will love it. Here's a great deal. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code Theo. That's right. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com and use promo code Theo. You know, when I left the other night to my buddies, they wanted to go to the bar or something and do, they were meeting some chicks and it just seemed like some real thoughts out there. And I said, I'm out of here, bro. Somebody abandoned this little mermaid over here. And they had the craziest costumes. I mean, some of it wasn't even, you know, one guy was just crying. Um, They had a girl, she had, um, she looked, uh, her thing was Bernie Sanders, but it was, she had lit the back of her, her back of her suit was on fire. And that shit gets me, man. Why are you going to burn yourself for a pun? That's a big... I ain't burning myself. You know, if I was going to be Bernadette Wilson or somebody. Or whoever did the American flag. I wouldn't fucking light myself on fire. So people could understand it or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Do I ever know? Uh, let's get Nick in here. We got some calls, and um, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about the fights and a little bit about some news, and just to change the vibe up a little. We'll just change it up today, and and it's that time of year too to be inclusive and just include people in what's going on. You know, if you if you usually just go do something by yourself, have somebody meet you. You know, recently I haven't been wanting to do that much stuff sometimes. And so instead I'll have somebody meet me there. Oh, meet me. That way I have to go do it. Oh, then meet me at the gym. That way I have to be there. Just uh makes it a little bit more accountable for myself and and because I'm the guy a lot of times I won't do something for me, but if if somebody else if 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 somebody else is included, you know, I'll do something for somebody else. So I'll meet them there and and then it benefits me too because it gets me going. Uh all right. Let's get Nick in here. What's up, Nick? What's going on? Not much man did you watch the fights? You know I did. I know you did, huh? That did- was a trick question kind of. I guess <laughs> or what What is it? It's not a trick question if I know you know it. That's a rhetorical. rhetorical. <laughs> What'd you think, man? What'd you think first of that uh, Gastelum Till fight?
1: Uh it was pretty boring. Uh, I thought, to be honest, I thought, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought they'd both be more aggressive, but Darren Till was saying some things after the fight. Like he was like not in a great headspace and like was thinking about trying to make excuses to get out of the fight. So like, that's why he was like kind of tentative, hmm. but he said he kind of like settled in the whole time and he made good points. Like Gaslam didn't touch him, even though he wasn't super aggressive. Like he dominated that fight, even though it wasn't the most exciting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought it was just interesting. Like, I don't know enough about fighting to know, like, is there times where the guys, where it's just a bad matchup and they don't, like, their styles, they just never find ways to really com- combat each other? Because those guys, I mean, I've seen, like, square dance and I've seen aggressive square dancing and that was kind of harder.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that is what you said. It's just sometimes people's stylistic matchups keep them from having... Because both those guys have had just bangers of the fight. Like Kel- oh, yeah. Kelvin Gaslam and Israel Adesanya had maybe the fight of the year.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, that's when I was at that Poirier fight, and that thing was insane. That thing was insane watching them do that. So I was expecting... I guess I was coming off the high of some of those fireworks, expecting some of that out of him. And then Darren Till, you know he needed a win. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's lost a couple, like two of his last four or something i think so he really needed a win it just seemed i don't know he, there was even a couple times where it was like did was till even going to strike him whenever he looked kind of like he could have that one time when Gasoline fell against the cage yeah yeah and he didn't even swing at his at his head
1: i think he just like knew he was kind of ahead and dominating and got kind of really complacent mm-hmm. um I mean, it's still a huge statement for him because it's his first fight at 185 in the, at that weight class, and uh, Gastelum was, like, top five, so, like, still a way to, like, open up in that division, but I agree it wasn't the most exciting fight.
0: Yeah, and I wonder why Gas I, I don't know if he kind of waits for the fight to come, to come to him. Maybe he does a little bit.
1: Uh, he's so short and has, like, doesn't have a very long reach, so, like, he really has to, like... Close the distance really fast and get in there, and maybe once he knew Till had his number and was just like keeping him away from closing that distance, he just got he started to sit back and wait too. I thought he tried to grapple more, to be honest, but uh, I don't know Till seemed really strong and got up the couple times he did get taken down right away.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Gaslam's kind of like that violent armadillo a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to you think they're not going to do much whenever you get close. You know, armadillos can jump really high. I, I was not aware people don't know that and a lot of times they die they get hit by cars because the car would go over them but when the car gets close it kind of reacts and jumps and then the grill of the car hits it so that's how a lot of um a lot of armadillos meet their maker but um what else what else what uh what else about the fight oh the the finale
1: the main event i thought it lived up to the hype Uh, it was like the stoppage was a little premature premature uh I would have loved to see. It did seem like Nate was picking up in those last two rounds, and it would have been exciting to see what happens. But they released the scorecards, and the judges had Jorge, all three judges had him winning all three of the first rounds. So the only chance Nate had of winning was to stop him. And I don't know if that would have happened.
0: Oh, I see. So, and now, as the, and the fighters, they know that. They know that, like, at a certain point, they, they have to know. That's part of probably doing it. It's like the first couple of rounds they give like you a. If I'm not going to win on the cards, the only way I can win is a knockout.
1: Yeah, yeah. And usually good corners will tell them, be straight with them. Like, you're down. You got to go for it. Um, So it it definitely would have picked up the pace, and I think everybody wanted to see the full fight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at first I was pissed. I was furious. I'm like, they let this dude little nerd alert guy in there. (laughs) Some fucking little statistics juggler. And this dude, I mean, it seemed like they could have stitched him up right there, I guess. But I guess it's just... At first, I was upset, and then I was like, once you kind of really saw his face, you're like, oh, man.
1: Yeah, that could be some permanent damage, I guess. But, it, I mean, what's yep. he got to lose? His face is...
0: Yeah, he doesn't really have the best... Yeah, yeah he doesn't seem like he cares if he has a face or not. Yeah.
1: His, his entire face so far is scar tissue, so what's, like, a little bit more? He's just going to have a really bad scar again? Dude, he had a dang... I mean...
0: He had like a couple of vaginas around his eye. I mean, this guy had really, I mean, this guy had given him a real gender identification <laughs> issues around his eye. Yeah. You know, like I've gotten pink eye from some things, but I've never had that bad of pink eye where it's like you have two, like he built a vagina on the top of his eye and built one on the bottom. That was, it looked, yeah, because after, if he gets hit again, I mean, what, maybe this is part of his face just falls off, I guess.
1: Ugh, I, I think that might be next. Yeah, it was, it was nasty.
0: It was pretty graphic. Um, Let's get into some news, man. What happened in the news this, uh, this weekend?
1: Um, in some local news, uh, in the Comedy Store parking lot, Bobby Lee hit Sam Tripoli's car after he got out of his uh, car while it was still in drive. Yes. Were well, you, for, Were you there for that?
0: i just, I just gotten there. So I was actually in my car when that
1: happened.
0: <laughs> uh, thank God, because obviously it's not safe when Bobby... And this isn't a, you know, people will try to say it's an Asian thing, this or that. It's not. First of all, I'll be very honest. Bobby plays Candy Crush while he drives his vehicle. <laughs> he got stopped by a cop one time. He told the cop it was a Tesla. It is not a Tesla. That it was self-driving. It's not self-driving. He, you will see him literally moving forward and just playing Candy Crush. And it's very, I think, off-putting. So I'm not shocked that he hit Sam's car. And here's the crazy part. Sam hadn't been to the comedy store in a long time. And he was just kind of taking a little bit of a break. He pulls in, and fucking Bobby dinged him, bro. And it seems to be kind of the go-to move for a lot of Korean drivers. Hit somebody with their car. (laughs) I got hit by a guy. Kim Yum, I think, was the guy's name. Dude, and also, here's the thing. His car had been hit 400 times. It wasn't even a car. It was a hit... (laughs) <laughs> it was just a hit. It was like a moving hit that, and like a former life had been a vehicle. It had no rear view mirrors left on it. It had, in the inside, he taped like a house, like a mirror you would see at a barber, like a, one you handheld. He taped that to the fucking inside middle. <laughs> and they they found that it was my fault for him hitting my car door.
1: Uh, I think I remember that. He got out of the car and tried to embrace you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: he could barely find me too i'm like i'm right here dude that guy should not be driving that guy basically was just i don't even know what you call that when you're just moving forward but you're not really like fully existent when you're that guy was really just like a ghost almost but what else we got
1: the indian capital of delhi declared a pollution emergency for toxic levels of smog Uh, The government was handing out millions of masks and uh, flight operations at the airport have been hampered because of low visibility. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the videos of it, but it looked like, I don't know, it looked like the grapes of wrath, like dust storm. Just you couldn't see anything. And that's just the air.
0: There you go, guys. So, you know, what's a layover because of this or that? I mean, these guys, dude, India, there's so many people. There's so many people. Even if you don't have a family, you have a family. There's like people living in your house. You'll open a cupboard and there's a family in there. You know, there's family. Some people build their house out of other people and they'll just sleep like in between them. I remember being in India one time and they had people at night sleeping on the side of the interstate, like on the wall. Um, Like the interstate, like imagine you're on... You know, I ten or I twelve or I fifty five, and there's just people just sleeping right on the side of it. It just blew my mind. Uh, that's crazy. The bot—I mean, just so much smog. Damn. Mm. What else we got?
1: See, a thirty seventh horse died at uh, Santa Anita Park right here in California after sustaining a leg injury on, during the last day of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, it was a four-year-old thoroughbred named Mongolian Groom, and it suffered a serious fra- fracture and was later euthanized. But, yeah, it's becoming quite the epidemic at Santa Anita Racetrack.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really – it's almost kind of become like a real chop shop for for horses and horsery and that sort of thing. I wonder, I wonder what the deal is. I wonder if there's just like a little bump out the gate or something. But I wonder if somebody over there is doping them, if they got some kind of horse decks they are kind of milling around over there.
1: I think that's pretty likely.
0: Because you'd have to think once 30, you know,
1: 32 horses die,
0: anybody's ball game. Yeah. 37 horses die, bro. <laughs> we got a problem. And that's just in one year?
1: Uh, no, no. That's like ever at the track. But it, it, I mean, the last one was just like less than a week ago. And uh, yeah, it just keeps happening. I, it, it's, I feel like there's going to be a big backlash against horse racing pretty soon. Like there already was against SeaWorld. Like I feel like there's going to be like a documentary about horse racing like Blackfish pretty soon because
0: well blackfish is racial too i guess it's like yeah they had one black fish and this is how they treated it have you seen that
1: <laughs> I, I never yeah oh, I it's just...
0: heartbreaking but i didn't i i don't think i watched all of it but i watched enough to get the point um jesus yeah well it almost makes you want not want to go there and really bet on them if you're like oh these guys are dying they're not treating them well they're not giving them vitamins and it also makes you wonder if there's a bigger conspiracy where it's like oh let's send some sick horses out here to start to get the th- get the vibe out there that we don't want to do this anymore that could be it but you go to other places bro they got you know they got uh, they are uh, they're just getting horse racing you know you go to some countries it's like they're just getting like they'll 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 race anything out there sheep you know, lamb. They got a thing, I think, in Louisiana, too, where sometimes at the rodeo they'll tie like a kid to a lamb or something and run him out there. <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, The kid, they got like an 18-month-old. And they just have like a lamb just at the speed of lightning. Uh, what else we got here? It says McDonald's.
1: Yeah, the uh, McDonald's CEO, Steve Easterbrook, was uh, forced to leave the company over uh, what was called a consensual relationship with an employee. They have yet to name the employee. But, uh, yeah, he had to step step down. He said, this was a mistake. Given the values of the company, I agree with the board that it is time for me to move on.
0: The values of the company? Dude, if you can't fuck somebody at a fast food shop, (laughs) who can you fuck anymore? That's what I don't like. I don't like this big, you know, I don't like, you know, people making feel bad for sex. This man works at a McDonald's. (laughs) You know, first of all, you know how hard it is to work at a McDonald's, get off work, and still want to fuck someone? Very hard. I mean, can you imagine? Even the diet that they're on probably doesn't even lead to healthy sexual organ, you know, upkeep. This is just baffling, man. And it's just so, it's like most people met at work. Most of our parents met each other at work. or they met, You have to meet somebody somewhere. You can't even fuck somebody because both y'all you know, filled out resumes at the same building. Sometimes it's just, I mean, does it say that he was like abusing the person or anything?
1: No, it sounded like it said, consensual. I don't know what the deal was. Given the values
0: of the company, they have fucking grimace, bro. They have purple, (laughs) they have the clown. Ronald McDonald's a clown. They're using a, a clown to sell fucking fat to children. I don't think they have a lot of companies over there. If somebody's fucking in the back, bro. That's honestly the least of my concerns. <laughs> I'm way more concerned about the people fist fighting in front of the register that shows up on Twitter every couple of months. Oh, man. If you can't fuck... Dude, that's what I'm saying, dude. Go to Wendy's, bro. Go to the one over there off Lincoln Boulevard. The doors are missing on it. <laughs> They'll let you fuck around now, I bet. Um... That's it, Nick.
1: Yeah, that's it. Slow news week.
0: Yeah, pretty slow. Pretty <laughs> slow news week, man. Dead horses. You can't fuck at McDonald's, dude. Sometimes you know I'll go through the drive-through at the McDonald's, and and you almost want to offer to fuck the person who's working in there, <laughs> just to be like, hey, you know, you're not just working at McDonald's. You're cool. Yeah. You're good. Treat them like a person yeah.
1: instead of just someone serving you food. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because everybody, especially if you're like a youngster, you roll in, the first thing you do is like fuck with them over the loudspeaker, mm-hmm. which is almost crazy to have the loudspeaker. The lady's like 11 feet around the corner. <laughs> and you have to have this fucking whole system. And they got like a little bit of way light gardening over there. It's, it's just so shady. And you pick out what you want. It's so lonely, dude. I go there at night sometimes on my way home. God, it makes me sad, man. Just pulling up and the lady knows me and she's a fucking Patriots fan. <laughs> oh, you back? That's what she says every time. Oh, you back? Undefeated. That's what she'll say. All kind of shit like that. And I'm just sad. I'm like, don't you think if I fucking was had a good life, I would even be here? I don't care about football right now. You know, it's 1.40 in the morning. I'm getting two cheeseburgers and a sundae. And I know the machine's broke, but I'm going to fucking order it again. <laughs> the machine's always fucking broke, dude. Oh, man. Anyway.
1: Let you get get to some calls.
0: Yeah, man. I think let me get, let me get into some of these calls. We got some good ones.
1: Yeah, they're pretty pretty good. Lots of problems. Lots of trouble. Man, need some help.
0: Are there? Oh, yeah, All right. always. We'll get into it, man. If I need any of your expertise, uh, then I'll uh, we'll, we'll holler back at you, Nick. Copy. And that's uh, producer Nick Davis. There, always, um, always helping us out, man. You got to work so hard, and I'm grateful to have him, uh, have him put up with me. All right, let's get to some calls here. As always, the hotline, 985-664-9503. Hi, Theo. This is Scott
2: in Baton
0: Rouge, Louisiana. What's up? Scott from over there in Baton Rouge, the red stick. And I'll say this about Baton Rouge. Never in my life, when I was in college, had I seen more people get snuck at a bar than in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I mean, somebody would just be standing there and somebody would come up and just hit him for no damn reason, bruh. And that's Baton Rouge, bro. Go Tigers, dude. Also, the amount of fans who didn't go to college but go to the games blew my mind. Blew <laughs> my mind. Dude, you'd have people in the stands, they didn't know any other colors except for purple and gold. And that's just SEC football. Yeah, people can't read. You have some dude, he'll been in a. he be in a bubble. You know, he have a disease, and he'll be in a bubble. He have an air disease. But when it's game time, bro, he'll fucking unzip that big bag and fucking come out that bitch. He'll be out lurking, just taking his chances. I might die, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to witness a couple of these first downs. Move the chains. All right, let's take the rest of this call. Thank you for calling Scott.
2: I want to tell you about uh, this past weekend. I took my daughter to the Natchez, Mississippi Hot Air Balloon Festival.
0: Oh, yeah. And Natchez, Mississippi, up there on the levee, they got one of the most beautiful balloon festivals up there. And that's just an hour's, you know, that's just a, you know, a, just a stoner's throw from, um, from Baton Rouge. Onward.
2: And to see Bishop Gunn perform. Uh, it was an immaculate time. Uh, perfect weather, great atmosphere. Uh, Bishop Gunn was awesome. Travis and Byrne both came down and gave us some love. My daughter, she's seven. She was starstruck and, uh, um, hell, me too. I'd like to thank Bishop Gunn. Uh, I'm a single dad. It was really cool to share that experience with my daughter. Hope to see you in Lafayette soon and we love you, buddy. Gang.
0: Gang, bruh. Gang, man. Thank you, bruh. It's nice of you to say that. Yeah, man, it's fun. You know, I, I can't imagine what that's like getting to take your daughter and do something nice like that and something fun. Um, But good for you for taking that action and doing it. You know, you're not going to let her have spaces in her brain where you guys don't, where there should be memories, where there should be. Things that are meaningful, you know. You're going to fill... Feel, you're filling her brain with... uh, With important cult. You know, and that's important, man. That's beautiful, dude, to see that. And and I'm glad they could do it. And I think they have enough... Their music, some of it's goofy and like fun enough where... Not goofy, but it's... The beats are kind of fun enough where if a kid is really vibing into it, I think they could... You know, they could have fun for a little while. So I'm glad you guys got to do it. You know, they are... um. Those boys are actually playing in Tipitinas in New Orleans tonight, and I wish I was going to be there. But, but I'll see you over there in Lafayette, man. And uh, and, and and happy early holidays to you and uh, and yours. All right, let's take this call that came in. Uh, onward.
3: Hey, Dio. Uh what's up, man? My name is Dave. You know, I got two kids now. One of them's twelve. One
0: of them's eight. Okay, bro. So you took four years off that off that crotch, huh? You backed off that off that hitter, off that little, uh, that wallet, bro. You buy, you backed off mom's little sweat wallet for about four years before you made that second batch, huh? Gang, onward. And the 12-year-old, say about eight months ago, you know, she came out
3: of the closet to me and her mother. The problem is, you know, uh, my mother caught wind of it, you know, my daughter coming out and all, and she said what were some very hurtful things uh, about my kid and then you know my wife got into an argument with her and she said some very hurtful things about my wife and now uh not only have i not talked to my mother in about five months um i've also not talked to my stepfather or you know my three brothers in that same time because you know when these things happen it seems like everybody takes a side and you know everybody took mom dukes side. I wanna know if you had any insight or if any of your, your other listeners, my fellow listeners had any insight into uh you know, into how I could go about starting to to try to repair these relationships.
0: Pretty much it, bro. Hopefully I'll see you out there when you're on the road. Gang, bro. Thanks for the call. That's a good question. You know, if you have a say your child and twelve, you know, and I'm not judging you, I'm just showing from my own experience, twelve seem a little young for a child to know full throttle what kind of nook it like or what kind of attraction they have but but maybe it's not now maybe children are so ramped up or just advanced that they know what's up i mean i remember i saw a couple middle schoolers making out one time when i was driving two young boys kind of tender kind of gentleman kind of boys and dude i pulled over i said hey guys you know, maybe give it, give it two years and see what's up. You know, just, these boys were 11 and they were kissing out there. And it's fine, but it's just like sometimes it gets, they get, you know, children can just get easily influenced. You know, you see people doing drugs, you do drugs. You see people, you know, kissing um, somebody, you kiss somebody. You know, you see somebody start a fire, you start a fire. So but um but look it sounds like you, that you have no doubt about uh about you know what your daughter where her sexual laurels lie and that's tough man you know what's tough really is balancing like because like our parents and grandparents, especially you get some of their generations, things were just different. And I'm not saying that things in their generation were right. But for the time they were in, they behaved in a way that was fitting or more accepted. Or sometimes they probably were maybe even afraid. Like, I bet there was a time, you know, 60 years ago, people might have been afraid to say, hey, I support someone who's gay. That might have been a fear. Whereas now, it's almost like a fear to say, if you were to say, I don't support gay people, you know, people would be more fearful of that. So it's interesting because it's like, we don't give people a pass, I don't feel like as much as we should on on their perspective based on their world. You know, if somebody grew up in the dark, and you trying to tell them about light bulbs and shit, they ain't going to tell you to go smoke a, fu- you know, to smoke half a bowl of your own dick. And that's facts, Jack, because they don't know it. And if they come to a party where everybody got the lights on and they shut them all the lights off to them, that's going to be normal. You know, eating cake in the dark is normal to them. Cause that's what they know. But now if your mother got, if she got now the part that where it's a little, you know, where it's, is when your mother, if she was saying mean stuff, that's the thing that's too much, really. It's just not, you know, no one should do that to a child, especially and and you have to take your child's side. I mean, obviously there's no, that's the right move. It sounds like that you, you know, you're doing that. You know, I don't have that experience because, you know, I've never been a gay man and I've never had a 12-year-old child tell me they were gay. If a kid told me he was gay, man, I would tell him, you know, well, you know, it looks fun. A lot of gay people have a lot of fun. so, But don't dress up like damn Little Mermaid, bro, unless you trust your friends not to leave you. That do was just a little roadside trout out there, you boy. But, yeah, I think this is a great question. Maybe some of our listeners have a similar experience. Yeah, it must be. It's just interesting how from, like, you know, times and generations, like, things you can't even say anymore, even if you're just joking. To, you know, things that were just, re, you know. Like, our grandparents could... You know, our grandparents, it's like everything's just a lot more transparent now. And I think back then, our grandparents, they just weren't used to the transparency. They weren't used to, they just weren't used to the transparency of it. And and people like to make their world, they don't want to, people don't like to change a lot of times. We want to make, you know, okay, this is the way the world is and I lived in it and and that's the way it'll always be. You know, we don't want to admit that the world changes or that people's views change or that that society like changes. I mean, dude, in 200 years, everybody could be bisexual. Who knows? It could be the way that science takes us. And then we nobody exists anymore because nobody has a wiener or, or a vagina. Everybody has a vagina and nothing. You can't make a baby. Everybody's just beating their crotches against each other, but no babies. You know, that could be the denouement of it all. How it all shapes out. We don't know. So at that point, people will be like, damn. We got to get some couple straight people up here to the front lines to fuck. To do it right. To do some nookie. To nookie out, you know. To throw, you know, to throw that body water into each other so they can have a child. So... You know, a lot of hearsay out there. But if a child, if you believe the kid and they know for a fact, I guess at 12, you can know what age is that fifth grade? Yeah, maybe these days that's how it is. I think usually you have to wait till somebody's probably seventh grade before they know if they're uh, definitely going to be gay. But kids go through phases. Sometimes you might go through, a, you know, especially these days. I don't think it's it's not wild if somebody's gay for a year or, or 18 months. Um and I'm not saying that it's like they can't be gay forever if they they do whatever they want. But sometimes people be like, "Oh, I'm going to be gay for July." That's a thing you'll see out here sometimes. You know, it's it's really some guy who's really gay forever and he's trying to sneak you, you know, trying to get you to come over and enlist. You know. So, but yeah, that's great. If people have some suggestions how to mend those fences, because yeah, you don't want people fighting forever over this. I can't believe your mom was yeah, who's yelling at a twelve-year-old kid about about that. Unless your parents just didn't believe them, you know. Because a lot of kids these days, they say they're all you know. You'll have kids saying, "I'm," you know, "this is," you know, all kinds of like political stances and all kinds of stuff, and and you're like, dude, you know, you ain't shit. You know, you don't have a, you're not doing, you, you don't even have a job. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting as like, because a lot of like perspectives and people's, you know, old views and new views, they're having a tough time, but I don't think you should shun all old people because they believe something different or they were brought up in a different time. Because sometimes if they'd have believed what was, what, what people believe now, or what's more common now, more practices, they would have been, they could have been ostracized at that time. So it's all—it's just this weird teeter totter sometimes. Um, but congratulations to your daughter for figuring that out. I'm sure it's interesting to navigate and be supportive, uh, you, you know, and learn how to. I'm sure it's a really time where you learn how to be real loving. When somebody comes at you. I mean, look, the first set of tits I saw on somebody was on a man. That were 3D. I saw drawn, I'd seen some drawn tits and I'd seen my mother's tits. And I'm sorry, mom, I think she listens to this. But I'd seen some drawn tits and then they had this boy. And he was a beautiful ginger guy and uh, and he was real thick. You know, he was that real, just that fucking, that doughy joey. He was real like a, you know, like a big pastry or pastry. And he, uh, and he had tits on him. And sometimes I would look at him and, and just kind of cover my hands. I've talked about this before. And I would just make a shape with my hand in front of my eye where all I could see was his breasts and pretend he was a woman. And feel my body get really, you know, feel that little baby diving board start up and, Between my legs, feel that baby shark start growing. And suddenly, I feel like a damn shark because I got that wiener fin, bruh. So, praise God, man. What else we got here? What else we got here? Uh, Here, we got a call that came in, 985-664-9503. What's up, Dio? This is Martin. Um, I'm from Macon, Georgia. Martin from Macon. And I bet everything people always say, Macon and bacon and stuff like that. And uh, since it, because everything that, that because one thing that's popular that rhymes with Macon is bacon. So I'm sure y'all got to hear all that shit all the time. Quaking, uh, Forsaken. You know, a lot of churches probably write little cute things on the sign, you know? you know, don't be forsaken in making, uh, breaking. Oh, we've had a lot of break-ins in Macon. So onward. And last Friday, I put my two weeks in at work. I'm calling because
4: I've got two dogs, Nacho and Taco. Nacho, I bought on my own and Taco was bought for me by the, the hunting lodge that I work at. And you know, that's going to be a point of contention now because I'm leaving at the beginning of the season and the owner of the lodge is trying to fuck me out of this dog, man. He's trying to take taco from me after I've taken care of this dog for the last six months and raised it and trained it. Um, and he's a pretty hard guy, pretty rough around the edges, likes to screw people over and... Um, You know, I'm trying to get out of here without burning any bridges, but if he tries to take this dog from me, then I don't know what's going to happen. It's eating me up because, you know, Nacho and Taco are obviously brothers at this point, and I want to do everything in my power to keep them together when I leave here.
0: Any help would be be much appreciated, much love. Gang, bro, look, Nacho and Taco might be brothers. They might not. I I can't— I'm not sure just because you put something next to each other for a long time doesn't make it a brother. You know what I'm saying? If you put you, you take a hitchhiker and you take a uh somebody who works at the mall, you stand them next to each other for six years. They still might not get they still there's nothing between them. They don't they might there's nothing. As soon as you say go, one of them's going back to work and one of them's fucking, you know, thumbing it to St. Louis. So you can't You can't just make animals be brothers. Only God can do that. So what I'm saying is you have to figure out. It sounds like you have a communication issue, bro. I mean, this guy knows what he's expecting. You have what you're expecting. You trained him. It sounded like the dog, was it given to you? Was it loaned to you? Um... It sounds like you have some communication, but if shit hits the fan, bruh, throw that bitch in the back seat, fire off a couple rounds, bruh. You know, I would do warning shots only, man. That's the big thing people forget about, warning shots. A lot of times people just, oh, they shoot somebody. You know what also works? Boom, boom, warning shots. Think about it. If somebody sees you shoot a gun twice in the air, the next logical thought to them is, oh, they're going to shoot me. So I do warning shots, Bro, I'll fire 50, 60 warning shots. And after that, you can usually, it's usually really clear communication with people after that. So, you know, I mean, it's getting wild west out there if you got to shoot something up a little bit to get that animal, then, you know, people love animals. And I can start to see it a little bit more. I've been attacked by a lot of different animals. And, you know, I've been having dreams recently or semi-recently that um, that there was a parrot in Bethlehem in the manger in that baby shed i've had a lot of different dreams about that because if you notice in a lot of the drawings in a lot of those freaking md's brother's manger drawings they uh the the animals are real sedentary animals you got a mule in there you got a lamb or sheep you got a uh donkey you got a cow so you have a cow in there which is kind of weird a cow how you get a cow all the way out there into the desert like that is unbelievable we have a camel with a little hat on but a lot of people you wouldn't think they'd have a parrot in there but i have a lot of dreams where you see there is a parrot and he's just kind of you know
1: just no crib for a bit,
0: you know lay down his sweet where's the North Star where's the North Star Star? you know I have a lot of dreams about things that we didn't you know behind the scenes of the manger because here's the thing three old dudes go out to the desert to visit a kid bro that's a Dateline episode today so I'm not saying it didn't happen. I believe full forthright. I believe 700% that it happened. But, but if that can happen, dude, there could be a couple rare animals in there. You could have a raccoon out there hanging out behind the the little the little baby crib. They had something in there. They had a couple of raccoons. They had a couple of, um, you know, aardvarks or something up in that bitch. I mean, that's Bethlehem, dog. So, but yeah, do what you got to do out there, Papa. Stay woke, bruh. And if that's, here's the thing. You have to answer directly to yourself. Is that your dog or is that not your dog? I know if something's my dog. If I go up to a dog and it ain't my dog, bruh, it ain't my dog. Just because I've been sleeping with somebody's wife for six months, don't make it my wife. That's his wife. Even if I'm teaching her new tricks and I'm, you know, and I bought her one of those, um, you know, omelet makers that folds over. It's like the pan that has the little hinges in the middle and it, it doesn't matter. None of that shit matters, man. What matters is the facts. What matters is the documentation. Who saw the, you know, was it given to you or was it not? You know the answer. So then you either need to build up to start to part ways with the animal. If you want to not burn bridges or you need to fucking get a stack of matches, dog. And light the fucking golden gate up, son. Burn that bitch. Sorry, man, but it's, it's November, bro. It's no, ver, it's no burn-ver. It's time to burn shit, man, if you have to. Not everything can not burn. So every now and then, something's got to torch out. Gang shit. All right, let's take a call here, 985-664-9503. Hey, Theo, Kayla here
5: from Paso Robles, California.
0: Hey, Pamela from Paso Robles. And you think Paso Robles, it sounds like somebody about to get naked in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? When you hear somebody say, oh, Paso Robles, say, Damn. Well, let me put the ladder a little closer to the window because I'm about to watch them, uh, Titas come out. Got
5: it. You had a wonderful Halloween. I myself went through four large bags of candies, a bunch of cute little kids to come to my house, and, um, and then my cousin was picked up by Homeland Security for trying to smuggle in 17 kilos worth of methamphetamine into the States.
0: Wow. Now, that donkey was not in Bethlehem, I don't think. And that's the thing about Bethlehem. They don't show you the x-rays, the MRIs of the animals. Some of them have dope in their body, in their colon. Onward.
5: (laughs) So hopefully yours is better than mine. Um, I'm sitting here at work trying not to think about it and having a rough time doing so. So I thought I would call and get that off my chest. Um, May or may not be the last time I see her... I think because this is not her first. This is her first Homeland Security strike, but this is definitely not her first strike. She's been suffering with that that addiction for mm. I don't know, twelve, fifteen years, and all of almost all of my life. I'm twenty, I'm almost thirty now, so almost all of my life. Thank you so much for having this hotline to vent to. Um, and yeah, gang, gang, love you, man.
0: Love you too, miss. Oh, I didn't know. I thought she was muleing it. I thought she was just for vending. I didn't know that she had an addiction problem. Man, it's crazy. That's heavy, you know, because having a vagina, that's definitely Jesus. You know, if I had a wiener that had like a little grocery bag hooked to it, I'd probably be running drugs all the time, doing this or doing that, stealing squashes or stealing a couple um. What are those things where you put the butter on them and people like them kind of, but they don't really like them? Asparagus, no. Uh, I'm talking about um, and artichokes. So, and a vagina, that's one of the problems. If you have drugs or something, a vagina becomes basically just a place to hide something in your body. And so when you have addiction, you don't think of it, you know, you don't even think of this as a feminine area anymore you think of it as just a tool chest you know you think of it as just a little like a chest of drawers oh i'll put this dope right here in this crazy you know pouch in between my legs in this extra you know this kind of just like a you know little glory bucket or just like a satchel so man it's unfortunate, you know, maybe this, here's the thing. Maybe this will be the thing that sh- that shakes her back into reality. Because everybody, you got to hit your bottom before you start to get a foundation. And everybody's bottom is a different place. Some people's bottom is way up here. It's not a low bottom. Some people have that low bottom. They just real sonic the hedgehog when it comes to the drugs or the you know, pornography or whatever. And it's a fight and it's a struggle and I hope that she gets it. I hope that this is a blessing in disguise and this is that thing, this is the merry-go-round that turns her back to, you know, to reality. And a year from now, you see her come around the edge and they got a mirror by her and like a fake horse and a damn, you know, cinnamon stick and she's on a damn, you know, she's coming around the bend. And uh, because, yeah, there's not I mean, it's it's funny because the things we do when we're in addiction, some of them are just cries for help. And maybe that's what this is in a weird way. But I wish her well, and I think it's sweet that you care about her uh, so much. And I mean, who knows At Christmas time she could be 60 days sober and, and really have a whole new perspective. And hopefully this will be that for her. Uh, all right. What else, man? We got we got to pay the bills here, and you guys, if you want to support the podcast, then support it. Cause we'll take it. You know, I want to let you know that if you are struggling with something, and I struggle. Look, I'm struggling right now with pornography, man. I've had, you know, I was doing well, and then this past, really, this past six months, man, I've really had a tough time with, not pornography as much, but, uh. Cigarettes and just, man. But I'm tired. I'm tired of swimming in the same circle. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of when the when the when the rat hits the road of you know. Not having enough cheese in the fridge to fucking say, okay, I'm gonna. It's gonna be different this time. So. Yeah, and it's just you know, it's a battle. We stay fighting though. You know, we stay fighting. And that's what we do here. And I hope that your cousin does the same. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You know, I've used BetterHelp. And it's a way you can start communicating with a therapist in less than 24 hours. Because here's one thing that I don't like about therapy. You got to find one. You got to go through the thing and you got to call the insurance and it takes a day and they got to email you back the list and next thing you know, you got to make sure they in schedule or in utero or in whatever, in program. Next, thing you know, you find out they only got one dude who you can see. You got to drive 70 miles. He's on a mountaintop and the dude's hiding mu- mushrooms in his butt and you're like, damn, bro. He don't, he, he's just a seance he, you get up there, you get up there and he ain't even, he just works at the post office. You're like, Jesus, but that's why better help is here for you. You can start communicating in less than 24 hours with a licensed professional counselor. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. So you might be able to talk to someone if you're suffering from sex addiction or sex and love addiction. You know, it's funny because I would notice for myself that a lot of times if I would go out with drugs or do something like that, or it was always surrounding a woman. There was always a female or some tits involved in it nearby. If you catch me near some coke and you look in the distance, there might be tits around. Because one of them always had to do with the other. I was really... There was some feelings, there was some validation I needed from women or something or whatever that ended up steering me towards drugs. Or even just experiment, just messing around with drugs. I wasn't real wild about it. But it was enough of the times where I noticed like, oh... I was rejected or this made me feel this way. And then next thing you know, I'm, you know, I'm spackling the inside of my fucking face with that canary powder, bro. You feel me? With that fucking, that parrot flower. That cocaine. So you get timely and thoughtful responses on BetterHelp. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. As with traditional therapy, you got to sit out there looking through a, you know, you know, twelve-year-old uh, wives' magazine, and you're like, "What is this about?" And it's just a different. It's just something else. They don't. You don't know. So you don't have to sit out there. Some guy keeps blowing his nose into his sleeve and something, and then he feeds it to a little mouse that he have in his pocket. You don't have to deal with that shit. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they'll make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Free to change counselors. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash T-H-E-O. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. And join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's right. This past weekend, listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash theo and i'll say this we're going to get into some more calls we got some good ones that have come in and thank you guys for sharing you know being willing to share what's going on with you uh with me and just thinking about stuff um you know I, yeah i've been struggling a lot a lot with the cigarettes recently and i'm just tired of just going in these circles man At a certain point, I just got to fucking be strong enough to just get just. But then it's like, man, I don't want to not have anything, you know. You know, can't drink, can't do drugs, can't. It's just hard, man. It's hard sometimes. You know, and I know there's better stuff out there to make me feel good. I know those things, but sometimes it's still like. You know, you just want to, you just, you know, I don't like not being able to do what I want to do. I don't like something or someone telling me what I can and can't do. But that's just small picture me, and big picture me knows that that there's better ways to there's better methods, and there's better things I can do that will actually bring me some long-term joy than just getting that short term fucking. That little puffy, puffy, dude. That little dirty. Them cigarillos, bro. Them reddies, bro. Gang. Last ad, I got to tell you. Zip recruiter. I'll say this. Cafe Altura's Dylan Mishkowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. That makes sense. If you go outside and yell outside, hey, I need help with this coffee director. You could get anybody. You could get somebody who's selling drugs. You could get anybody. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's the thing about ZipRecruiter. It's saying, hey, who cares enough to make a good resume? Who cares enough to look for a job? Who cares enough to... To take action in their life. Those are the people I want to apply for my job. And that's what ZipRecruiter does. It it already has those people. It serves them right to you. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And that's for all types of jobs. Could be a yard worker. Could be a tree climber. Could be somebody that looks for something. Treasure man. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try it for free at the web address ziprecruiter.com slash tpw. That's Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash tpw. ZipRecruiter.com slash tpw. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um, Man, I wish I had a cousin that had a couple kilos on him when I used to go hard. Damn, bro. God. Sometimes you just want that cocaine snake to just climb up into your body, dude, and start looking for fucking Rubik's Cubes. You feel me? Man. Sometimes you just want a big cocaine snake to just climb right up into your ass, boy. All right, let's take a call here. Onward. Hey, Phil. Um, I'm calling from Texas.
6: Um, but <clears throat> anyways, I'm calling because, I don't know, I... I have, I have, this is an issue, um really with my brother. I, I feel like I kinda hate him. feel like he doesn't really give a shit about me. Um growing up as a kid, like, we were, we, had, we lived with our mom. She was divorced. Like, uh, whenever my dad would say he was gonna come pick me up, I would, like, always look out the window. My dad would never show up and shit. Every time I heard a car drive by, I would always run to the window and look out and see if it was him, but it wasn't. And I remember my brother always telling me, like, I like, call me stupid, saying he doesn't love us, he doesn't care about us. Like, what am I doing? And then when I'm 19, I find out, like, my dad dies, um, I find out that my brother had a relationship with him at some point. Like, they were hanging out, they were doing shit together. And I didn't find out until after my dad died, and I found out because my dad died. And that really makes me feel a lot of resentment towards my brother because it's like, what the fuck? Why are you keeping me from him and from me? Maybe it wasn't his choice. I don't know. I have a lot of issues with him, and I don't know how to tell him or to really talk to him about
0: it. But uh, hopefully, maybe you can shut some light. I don't know, man. Gang, bro, thanks for calling, man. I really appreciate it. That's nice of you uh, to to uh, to call, in. I'm sorry to hear about the situation. You know, a lot of it I can relate to because my brother and I had a similar relationship. You know, we didn't get along really when we were kids. We did. Actually, there was no connectivity. You know, my brother and I were brothers by blood, but there was no real, you know, our family, we didn't love each other. There was no, you know, no one ever taught us, like, oh, we're a family and we stick together. There was none of that kind of shit. I just, I just felt like I'd just been sentenced to live in a house with a couple other people. And it was because there was no connection. Um, You know, I think one of the ways somehow that you can. I don't think you can hold your brother. You can't hold him against him that he didn't share your dad with you once he met him. Once they hung out or whatever. Your dad was the one probably, you know, who's chose not to be around unless your mother didn't allow him to be around. That happens sometimes. Sometimes the mother, they don't allow it. But if that's not the case, then if your dad didn't, if he wasn't there, man, he wasn't there. So once your brother kind of got to spend time, like that little bit of time or whatever, you know, I think you're really mad at your dad. And I think that there's probably like a grieving, you know, I think there's, there might be a grieving program or 12-step program that you could use for grieving, um, that you could join uh, for loss, you know, that people have lost someone and they might be able to help you in there. You might be able to have a, a, gather something from them. That's what I think. Even if you just went in there and listened to their stories, even if you didn't think you could relate, I bet some of the feelings they have surrounding loss, and uh, and missed opportunities, but that was your dad. Your dad's opportunity that you missed, that he missed. You know, he missed the chance to get to know you. You know, I mean, so often we like, uh, you know, we just. It's so fun. It's so amazing how like how much of a young man is. All we want is just to see our dad to see us. It's almost like it's just your only real purpose is to make you, is, to, is for our father to see us, to recognize us. You know, our fathers, they're just a boy. You know, sadly, they're just a boy. They're just, you know, they become a man, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes somebody didn't teach them well. You know, and sometimes it's it's, it's interesting because it goes down generation to generation. And, you know, you have to beat your anger that you have to find some way or I, I don't know if you have to, but you don't have to do anything. But the way that humanity wins is if we're able to cut off the problem. You know, if we're able to change our heart or change our ways, so that we say, I'm not going to do the same thing that happened to me. Because the easy thing, and the way that you have an easy way out is, if you have a kid one day, you don't really, you're not there for the kid. You always have somebody to blame. You can blame your dad. You always have somebody to blame. A lot can just blame him. And that's the easy way out. And nobody could re- people can point fingers at you, but really they point them at you and then they point them upwards over at your daddy. But the, 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 the mastery, I think, in life comes if we're able to stop the – stop that, that, that inherited just dang fuckery, bruh. I mean, it's sheer dang fuckery, bro. SDF. And just to be able to stop it and to be able to find – you find some way. You know, whether it's through a program or through talking with others or whatever it is, dude, where you're able to find a way to forgive him and find empowerment inside of yourself. So when you're a dad one day or that you won't let the same thing happen, you don't let it happen with you and your kid. Your kid never knows any of those feelings what that's like. You know, and that's how we win. That's how we win. And it sucks, man. It sucks sometimes because the way, you know, but if if that's not how you get here, like if you don't, that's how you got here. You don't exist otherwise. The only way you exist is, is with that mom and that dad. That's the only way you, you exist. And, and that's a blessing. You're here. This is it. This is the ride, bro. And it's bareback, man. You know, and I think just do your best to love your brother. You know, he probably, you don't know what it was like for him. You know, and if he doesn't communicate it that well or doesn't communicate it the way you want it to be communicated with him, then that's that's just, he's going to be what he's going to be. And you can't hold it against him. You just got to find some way to just find some joy. And to stop that thing from happening, you got to we, we, you know, that's when we win. When we stop this, we're not going to Jeanette. We're not going to pass this thing down again. We're gonna st- we're gonna change our behavior, and so this doesn't happen to me. Because the blessing is, you could have been your father. What if you, you know, you know, the higher powers had moved you guys up a generation, and you could be. What if you were your dad? And you had a son and you don't see him. But that's not what they did. They said, hey, we're going to make you the son. We're going to make you the pivotal piece that can change it. That can change the behavior and change the course. Because you're going to need a shovel. The river's running like this. You're going to need a shovel. And you're going to have to do some work to, 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 uh, to bend that waterway. And create a different, you know, a different uh, traversion of water. You got to, you got to, we got to get a new canal going. And that's really a blessing, man, that the higher powers of the universe put it on you. They said, we, this is the boy that can do it. He's the one that can go through this part where he gets left out by his father. And he's the one who can turn this river, you know. He's the one who can do it. Because it could have been, you could have been up a generation and you, you you, just be the daddy and you have a son and you don't, you're out bowling or something. Or doing fucking frisbee golf or something and doing coke and you never see your son. But that's not what they did. Your dad took that L. And if you think it was probably enjoyable for your father. I bet it wasn't man. I couldn't imagine anything more painful than not seeing my kid. Even if I would pretend there wasn't. Even if I I would pretend it wasn't painful. I couldn't imagine anything. That in my real heart of heart would hurt me more, I bet. And I don't even have a damn kid, bro. So. But who knows, man. They got children out there, you know. Two six-year-olds just came out of the closet, bro. So it's. It's getting, you know, it's things are changing. It's getting unique out there. Dude, I wish my nuts were square, man. Don't you? Do you ever wish your nuts were, squ- were, were square? I would stack them, bro. You'd hear them. Clack, stack them bad cats. Oh, that nut stacker. You know who he is. Everybody would know. All right, let's take this call right here.
7: Hey, Theo. My name's is Evan Matson. I'm uh, calling you from Westbrook,
0: Minnesota. Bob. Hey, Evan. Thank you for calling, man. Um, and Minnesota, beautiful place out there. That's uh, they have the. That's where the Mississippi R- River begins up there in Lake Itasca, and you can pee in it right there at the top. And I mean, it's only about a half a foot wide, so it's real easy to just kind of pee right into. Onward.
7: About three and a half hours south of Minneapolis, down here in the country.
0: Okay, you down there near Iowa then. you close. And people don't know. A lot of people, you know, don't know how land is. And so they don't know that Minnesota and Iowa share a border onward.
7: Kind of made a full circle move myself. I've been living up in the cities, living down in Mankato, kind of doing my thing for a while. And, you know, you just kind of get to that age where family just kind of takes a, a different perspective. And, you know, my dad. Kind of had an accident when I was in high school. He's got some back issues, you know, and to hear him struggling, you know, working his butt off all the time, you know, I'm the older brother of two, you know, so kind of felt like I needed to step up type of thing. So I'm back home. We're farming. It's harvest time, getting those uh, soybeans and that that sweet corn out of the ground. So it's just, I've, I've been feeling good, man.
0: Dude, that's awesome, man. It's beautiful to get back and help your dad, you over there. And that's family romance right there. When you care about somebody and you go help them, that's family romance, bro. When you when that love for your family, because we go through these stages. I find anyway, I go through these stages where it's like you don't love, you know, you're just thinking about yourself and it's your own life and you're sprouting like a bean. But then you start to get big and you realize, oh man, you know, I really I miss my roots. You know, I love being a plant, but man, I just I really miss my roots um uh let's hear more
7: didn't think i'd ever end up back home in my hometown where i came from but you know working with my family and being around my brother it's just it's just been a humbling experience i'm I'm just feeling good man but uh, i just want to send some love out gang gang getting them hitters i on that corn 8 a.m to 1 a.m baby let's go get it
0: gang bruh and you got to love corn. If you don't love corn, then something's wrong with you. Think about yourself. Do you love corn? If you said no, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Because, dude, you think about all the kind of corn they have. Corn. Sweet corn. Candy corn. Regular corn. Popcorn. Corn on the cob. Uh, cornbread corn. Uh, Cornish game hen, corn, unicorn. Um, I mean, that's if if you if if having if having nine types of corn ain't enough for you, then, and if you said no to all nine types, then yeah, something's wrong with you. You probably shouldn't be alive. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not threatening you. This ain't nothing like that. I'm just saying if one out of nine types of corn, you can't uh, exacerbate to one of them, then you are the problem. You think corn's the problem nine times? Corn comes at you nine different ways. And you can, every time you can't, you know, find a comfortable landing space inside of your heart for that C O R N boy then you're the problem there should be a corn test you you just you do one after the other in front of some person if they say no to all nine bro whoosh. sayonara boy welcome to sword practice boy you going to heaven so but You know, it's never too late, bro. You know, this young man didn't think he was going to be out there and now he's back at home. And it's just, man, it's like no matter what we're doing, it's like if we if if it's going to be joyous, we got to make it joyous. Joy don't just happen. You know, we got to bring it. You know, change just doesn't happen. We say it all the time, but yeah, nothing changes if nothing changes. Tomorrow, you're not going to wake up and your relationship's going to be different. It's not going to happen unless you do something to affect it. And I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you that I've spent time, you know, and love somebody, but I didn't care enough to do a lot of the work that it takes to make it mean something. And when the game, when and and when, that, when, and when it ends, if it ends, you don't, you want to look back at the game and just, you want to have played it, you know, you want to have, have played it. And, yeah, it's never too late, you know, it's never too late. To get, I was talking about this last week and I don't know why I'm saying it and' ta- I'm just talking because I need to hear myself say these things you know it's never too late to uh, to not give up on yourself you know and to get out of your brain and get into action and make some changes and it can be small but to tell somebody you love them to, to spend some time with that kiddo. To take them to that bishop gun show and see a balloon race. Instead of just relaxing for the afternoon. You know, to surprise your wife with lunch or your loved one or something. Or even if your wife, if you if you are, a, a, if you want to, if you are someone, you know, if you more have more of a homoerotic kind of tendency. Surprise your same-sex loved one with a sandwich. Or with a, um... You know, one of them four-inch rounds, I think, is back at Subway. Get them something. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than two people out there eating a four-inch round or something. There's just, you know, it's a limited time, man, but it's never too late to get over. It's never too late to adjust that flow. And there's no better time really to, uh, to surprise people or to bring somebody back into your life or to adjust the pattern that's going on than, than the holidays. It's the olive branch of the calendar. Forgiveness is built into it. Dude, you go, you take somebody to an orange latte or somebody, get somebody a spiced, you know, one of them cornucopia hats or something. Buy somebody a damn clove. There's a million opportunities to really, to blend. And you got this shit. And we go fucking hard, son. And we don't give up on ourselves. And we change the tune. We change the tune, baby. Let's go, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. We got this shit. And they say you can't do it and you can do it. And you say you can't do it. That's the crazy part. A lot of times the they is you. It's me. It's us. It's ourselves. You know, I sometimes think how can my worst enemy live in my head? But that's the challenge of life. That's what separates, you know, people just muskrats from mountain cats, baby. The one that can see what their brain is trying to do to them. And the one that says, starts getting that brain to work for them. And we got this. We got this, man. Good luck to everybody out there. Have a good day. Have a good night. Tickle somebody. Tickle your spouse. When was the last time you tickled them? Tickle your fucking cousin, bro. Tickle your fat cousin. You know, he gonna like it, bro. He say he don't like it. He gonna like it. You know, it's okay, man. Buy somebody a little thing of tater tots for lunch, bro. Somebody at work, you think y'all don't get along, buy him a shake or something. Buy him a strawberry shake. Buy him a snack. You, You see some little fella, you know. He, he, you know, he dressed up like a mermaid, pick his, throw his little ass up, you know, put him in an aquarium, bro. Repurpose that little bastard, you know. It's never too late. And as always, this is Stevie Starlight, and he's been with us since the beginning, man, this music man, uh, with his hit, It's Never Too Late to come over. That's it. Make a dream higher than a mountain.
5: Set me free. Just don't say goodbye.
0: Set me free, baby. Just don't say goodbye.
5: It's you and me. Enjoy the destination. (laughs) Fantasy. Painted on the wall.
7: never too
0: late to come over time slips away from you and me now fuck yeah so don't hesitate to come over you owe it to yourself why must we wait when we're alive. And that's Stevie Starlight come over. And you can find that on YouTube. And Stevie was a guest early on the show. And uh and he's one of a kind. And so are you. And so am I. And we got this. Um You know, sometimes it's not always the victory. Sometimes we just—it's the fight. But we don't give up. One more week, we did it. We here, you here. We're gonna be okay. You guys, be good to yourselves. You deserve it, huh? And thank you for reminding me to do the same, gang. This podcast is supported by Morgan Stanley.
6: At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking to help you see untapped possibilities and relentlessly work with you to make
7: them real. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes
7: I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Here's a
0: deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. mean?
7: <laughs> Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry.